Well, my acid reflux is raging. I'm stressed out. It's been a long week and it's only Tuesday. You want to do an intro? <laughs> are you curious what this intro is going to... I kind of am. Are you talking about Charlie's? You, you know, this is... I, I guess am... we should actually say what it is. And it's not Charlie's. Okay. What, 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 say what, what is. What it is? Let me do this. I'm the professional. You, you do it. Yeah. I'm the podcast You sound guy. like the professional right now. I, I, I bet I do. <laughs> is this what is? What it is? What, what it, it, it is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's just going to be the way it's going to be, Caballero. Um, but no, is that how that's pronounced? Yeah. So, uh, our first show, we're going to do an intro on the idea you have been fighting me on, by the way, and I'm going to win. Have I? Yeah. You don't like intros. You have been, every time I yeah. mentioned it, you have been like, you do that. You going, yeah. I just don't know how to do it. Well. I don't know. Like, I personally like, don't know how to do it. Well, real podcasters who have good shows don't do things like this. Some so, people you know, do. maybe we should, <laughs> no, you don't, you don't say that, but anyways, um, so on social media. All right. And I don't know when this started, but do you remember? I'll start from the beginning. Do you remember when people started, started to share on Facebook or Instagram or whatever quotes that have backgrounds on it? And it's supposed to be like this eloquent and. Yeah, that's why I mentioned Charlie's because he, he, like his entire Instagram is just this. He just does those quotes. Yeah. yeah I don't know when that started. Uh-huh. It's a recent thing. But, uh, you know, it started off as a way for people to uh, show other people these quotes that they have that are just meaningful to them. They changed their lives. Or really, uh, I have quotes that I love. You have quotes that you love. We used to just put write them down and put them away in a, in a manila folder somewhere to look at later. A now, common book. Now we put them on social media. And I think we are doing it so often and so much, we're, we're forgetting to like make sure that they're useful and meaningful for people, hmm. they're getting less and less eloquent. Hmm. A lot less. Like, everyone's doing this. Like, I mean, uh, my old school, Union University, puts these out all the time. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. chapel speakers. And then they do this picture of the guy in the back, and they quote him saying, God is a spirit. And then they share that on Facebook, and we're supposed to be... Isn't he going to finish that catechism answer? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, there'll be another one where it says, uh, you know, uh, God is in the heavens. And there'll be just this background of this woman, I don't know, uh, with her hair flowing, and she's carrying a piece <clears throat> of wheat or something <clears throat> in a wheat field. And they put that there. And I, 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 I don't know what to do. I mean, they're getting really bad. They're getting worse and worse <laughs> and worse and worse. And it's not getting any better. These used to be eloquent and important and life-changing. Wow, I want to save that on my phone because that's really cool what this quote is. And by the way, they're doing this with Kevin DeYoung. Either mm-hmm. Kevin DeYoung is becoming like, He's one of the celebrity pastors I'm not actively rooting he's, against. Well, he's a... Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can imagine <laughs> why. But, uh, you know, he's out there. He's a celebrity guy. And I see quotes of his all over social media in this format where it's like it shows him or it shows like this waterfall mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm, background. Mm-hmm. Or, and, or a hipster on a mountain. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and it says, you know, to be born again... Uh, you have to, I, I don't know. I, I, 
I'm gonna. You're gonna have to edit this out. But, uh, <laughs> it's so uh, good though. That's <laughs> radio not, gold right there. Or not? Because I'm making. I should have had some to examples. Be, uh, this, I'm I gonna make one. an Instagram graphic. It's gonna be <laughs> to be born again. You have, you have to. to uh, you, you know. know dot, dot, dot dot dot. Jim Briggs. Jim Briggs. <laughs> Please do it and make, with like some guy with his hands raised on a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's the one with. Uh, it's like this little guy, he has his hands raised, and in front of him is this massive waterfall. <laughs> it's like it's just this, it's like hundreds of feet wide. Yep. And that's what it is. Yep. Per- Let's do this. Let's do it. Put it on there, and it'll be a point. I will use my stupidity to further our cause. But anyways, on the Kevin DeYoung thing, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I see maybe one a day uh, from Kevin DeYoung. I mean, either he's getting like really stupid, or... <laughs> And he's n- people and he- are just like delving into the pages of his book yeah. that are like less like or like he just doesn't have anything to say. So we're like, well, this is like the most this is the most uh, uh, important thing that I got out of this sermon. It says that uh, being a Christian is hard. Well, hey, why not? Let's get a woman carrying some wheat with her hair flowing and let's put it on Facebook. And that's mu- that must be what it is. Okay, so you're he has to say things more eloquent than just you know you're B to B right marketing. Business to business, yeah. yes. You don't use social media very much, do you? No, nothing at all. Okay. For, for my work, no. For your work, yeah. So this is... Here, here is the problem, is that the way that you get... The way that you get attention on social media is you consistently put out content that people like. And yeah. if you're doing theology stuff... You can't just write a thousand blog posts a day, but if you have Unsplash, which is a royalty-free stock service... Uh, if you have Unsplash, and w- which everybody does, it's free. Unsplash.com. Are there a lot of pictures of women holding wheat? There are so in, many. With wind <laughs> flowing in their hair? So many. And there's actually a whole... If you find one of those... There's a whole please. stock photo website dedicated to this just for Christians, like just yeah. with Christian imagery and Second Commandment violations. And... Uh-huh. <laughs> Episode number one. We're getting into this. <laughs> right. We have to ease you into people. Okay? Just just calm down over there. Look, it's... <sighs> why I'm here. Keep going. Anyway. Um... But the, 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 so this is the problem. Like I work in marketing for a Christian company and this is what we do. Like we put out these quotes because, because that's what you do. And yeah, like, you guys do it too. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to like the, it's well, the, not, it's the way that you I'm maintain a social media presence. But here's the other side of this is I think that the advent of Twitter and Instagram and pretty quotes and Twitter quotes and all of that mm-hmm. has, uh, I, I have this phrase that I've been workshopping in the back of my mind, uh, which evidently is something that I do. I'm realizing now, uh, called Twitterally, like, you know, literally Twitterally. Twitterally is when you, you say something too clever by half, like, like oh, you, yeah. you go okay. out of your way to say something that like, like you're a pastor and you're, you're preaching and you come to a section and it, it used to be, everything had to be three points and they had to be, uh, alliterative, mm-hmm. um, alliterative, Twitterally. Alli- alli- and you say, I'm the weird one. Alliterative. Isn't that the word? Alliterative. It could be. I know what it means. It's the word where every word starts with the same letter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, okay. a, that's a good. That's what way. pastors that, used to. That's a gooder way of saying it. <laughs> that's what pastors. <laughs> that's what pastors used to feel like they have to do. Now they feel like they have to say these. They have to condense like yeah. all of their points into some, like some some sentence that can be tweeted or quote, as you would say. Just as long as they always avoid alliteration, I'm okay. Yeah, but yeah, I th- yeah, maybe you're right. So I, I think that's the other side of this that I'm more upset about. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, if, a, if an account like, like I don't follow Chelly's on Instagram because I'm not wild about getting all of these quotes constantly flooding my, my Instagram. And he doesn't post that often. I think no, it's like I, once or yeah. twice a day. I don't think I'm talking about him. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure if I looked at his quotes, they would be 
useful and eloquent and but all of that to say like i don't go out of my way to follow quote accounts like that's just not something yeah, that, but a lot of people really like that and you can build Obviously. a following doing that and that's why it works my, my the thing that i hate about it is is again that pastors feel like now they need like to to express to, to oversimplify a complex topic mm. so that it can fit in the tweet oh yeah 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 you're right well I'm being glad. overly twitteral Overly Twitter Twitterific is I think Twitter-ific the word you is, a, is an app. <laughs> if we rewound this and played it back, that's what you would have said. So, with that said, <laughs> do you want to start the show? I think we should. The podcast you're about to hear contains the histrionic and problematic conversations of a stodgy Presbyterian and a casserole loving Baptist. Their interactions are volatile at times and unpleasant most of the time. In many nations, this is considered a mild form of torture. We strongly advise you to stop this nonsense and go do something useful with your life. Otherwise, if you insist on listening to this mess, welcome to the lightest form of flogging. Well, hey, episode one. Yeah. That's our studio audience clapping. Episode number one. Woo! Yeah! We have a lot of people in here. Very excited about our first show. (laughs) Jim is our studio audience. (laughs) Yeah, that's just me. There's no studio audience. So uh, we thought that we would make this show as cliche as we could by yeah. talking about how we got to be reformed. Well, I mean, how do you start off, you know, a podcast? I overthought this. Overthunk. I, th- I overthunked it. And I thought, <laughs> well, what do you do when you introduce yourself to the world? You talk about yourself or you, you, you talk about your testimony or you talk about uh, us. And you just said point blank, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> No one cares about us except our wives, which is true. Jim, uh, <laughs> Jim sometimes exaggerates. I, uh, maybe. I don't think I used the word stupid. You didn't. I think but, I said uh, asinine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but anyways, so I, we kind of just have to start. And no matter what we say or do, it's going to be slightly awkward, but it's okay, right? Our name is awkward. We are awkward. The show will we be literally awkward. warn people about this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. All the marketing material that you're going to make is going to be designed to like, I don't know, like mildly push people away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or create intrigue. That's yeah. what I was going for. Oh, okay. But, you know. I, I guess I didn't. I guess I misheard you when you yeah. told me. <laughs> so here is the here's the brief summary of the lightest form of flogging. Just just like a sentence. And then have we figured out what this show was going to be about? Well, maybe that's what this episode is going to be about. We can just argue about whether or not this sentence is accurate. Okay. Um, I'm thinking that you and I, we come from very different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You have this SBC kind of background and yeah. Yeah. Uh, you went to, yeah. you went to Bible college. Yeah. Um, and you did all Univers- four years I, of Bible I, I college. I went to right? a university. I did not go to a Bible college. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're Southern Baptist British now. Yes. <laughs> even, even England has a South. Okay. Um, <laughs> So uh, this podcast is the two of us uh, talking about how we got to be who we are, like, okay. and and who we are, and and what like because I I came out of my whole experience, so my, my background is more uh, dispensational. It it actually is probably pretty similar to yours, but not in the South. And well, you you were you grew up in a Christian home, and you were right regenerate from as young as you can remember is it kind of like one of those stories where you don't really remember a time where you know exactly you were at the billy graham crusade and he said won't you come i do i do remember do you remember the donut man when you were four what i didn't i didn't think this was going to be us giving our testimonies but the donut man do you remember do you remember the donut man no he would sing uh he had he had the song uh well he was just a chill like salty the singing song song book do you know i also don't know what that is either okay uh there were these uh, Sesame Street style. I don't know what that is. I'm kidding. I know okay. what that is. 
Um, basically, this was a guy with a puppet donut that would talk to him and he would talk to the puppet donut and he would evangelize children and sing children's Christian songs. So that's and- what hurt you <laughs> so early on in your this life. Is- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he had this song that went life without Jesus is like a donut because there's a hole in the middle of your heart, which when you think mm. about it is not all that far off from Augustine's you have made us uh, for yourselves for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Like there's a, there's yeah. a similarity there. Those sound exactly the same wow. <laughs> in terms of the uh, philosophy. <laughs> anyway, my, the way that I said I wanted yeah. to be saved was I told my mom that I didn't want a hole in my heart anymore uh, when I was about four. Okay. Uh, but I couldn't uh, like, like I didn't understand why I needed to pray this prayer because Pretty I just believed the gospel uh, like already. It was just a matter of like saying the prayer, which, mm-hmm. you know, is important in Baptist cultures. It is. Anyway, I came out of this confessional Presbyterian covenanter, if you know what any of those words mean. I am uh, the frozen chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, no emotion. Yeah, exactly. No I'm kind of a robot. Um, you have to look bored <laughs> in church. Wow. Right? All right. I'm kidding. So th- I'm but joking. These are, these are the, uh, these are the stereotypes of, of who right. I, who I came out as. And you came out more of the, uh, Mark Driscoll type, the, the Matt Chandler. What? Okay. If I'm the frozen How chosen, you could be Mark Driscoll. <laughs> really? Did you plan on saying that? Or nope, was that nope, just, that was extemporaneous as you would say. Okay. You are that. No, 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 no. Okay. But if you I'm the frozen chosen, that. if you, I'm the frozen chosen, you can be Mark Driscoll. Fair enough. Thank you. Fair enough. I'll accept that. Uh, I'll accept that accusation. Or more positively, I, I came out John Calvin and you came out John Piper. That's a little bit more fair. If we want to like, accept the that. negative, the negative would be in the positive. So I guess yeah. this, this podcast maybe is more about like understanding the psychology of those two different people. And, and that, yeah, that like relates yeah. to a lot of our lives, like the way where we put our keys. Like I have, yeah. I have an idea for an episode discussion where we just talk about like how important is order to you in your everyday life. Okay. Um, so that's kind of going to be this podcast is not mm-hmm. so much the theology. Uh, we'll get, we'll have to get into theology. Well, you you kind of mentioned it already. Um, you and I discussed early on when you and I first thought of doing this, we thought of it in terms of as uh, like a Baptist versus a Presbyterian. Right. Like a debate show kind exactly. of. Exactly. We would just, the, the point of the show would be our differences and right. we would hash them out and we moved away from that. The show is not that. But well, no, a big part of that uh, like is the fact that we're both lay people and we're not mm-hmm. seminary educated. I mean, we both went to Bible college and did some of that. We both like to read. University. But it really isn't beneficial for you and I to go head to head on on pedo-baptism. Um, people we'll should just go read it. Turretin. We um, might accidentally fight about it. Oh, yeah. No, and that's going to happen. And yeah. well, probably the way the structure of this show is going to work is if we come across something that we can tell is a theological issue that's going to be kind mm-hmm. of a big deal, we'll push that to the end, call it mm-hmm. the after show. There'll be some sort of outro mm-hmm. music. You listener will have the choice at the outro music to decide, do I want to listen to the after show or not? Mm-hmm. And you can just skip to your next podcast if you decide mm-hmm. like you don't really want to listen to two lay people talking about theology. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of podcasts that do that. Yeah, and I'm not particularly interested in making this a theology show. Exactly. Not that I've listened to a lot of them or can really speak with experience as to what they are, but the few that I've listened to, um, you know, I'm not getting much out of them. Two guys I don't know who have no importance really whatsoever. (laughs) And I don't really want, not that they have something, uh, not that they have, uh, my my mind is going a little, not that they uh, have nothing to say. But uh, I don't really find it particularly useful. You don't have a compelling I, I, reason to listen, maybe? 
Yeah, I want to have a, a reason to listen because uh, I, I don't listen to many podcasts, but I know that the market is probably pretty saturated at this point. There's sure. Podcasts for everyone, and there's 19 to choose from uh, yep. per topic. There are, there are 19 model train podcasts to choose from. About model trains, probably yeah, a lot more. That's what I'm saying. Like probably 19 so, reformed model train community. So we podcasts. moved away from trying to make this um, like that to something a little bit more unique. Uh, we tried calling it maybe a Christian comedy show, but it's not really that Christian yeah. Christian entertainment. I don't know I mean, what that is. It's going to be funny. That's kind of what I want to do. I just want to make it funny. We'll talk about issues that you and I experience on a daily basis or weekly. Or weekly, or never. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk yeah. about things that don't apply to us or anyone. <laughs> on Helvetic, which is my other podcast, free plug there. Um, Joe One of your I, nine other podcasts. I, free, I have I'm this podcast you, and I have Helvetic. I'm That's glad all you that I carved have. out time for me uh, in your nine other podcasts. <laughs> anyway, we we frequently review objects based on the website. Like We'll review the, the latest uh, MacBook Pro based on how it was announced or whatever, mm-hmm. instead of actually having it in front of us. So that's fun. So yeah, we can totally talk about, uh, like mm-hmm. I can talk a lot about what it's like raising kids mm-hmm. and, uh, you can talk about, uh, what it's like being an iPhone user. Yeah. I mean, that'll, that'll be really, did you just do that on purpose? Did you try and trip me up? Nice try. Cause I'm the one with kids and you're the one with the MacBook <laughs> pro, uh, phone. You'll uh, get watch. it when you listen to the episode. You know, when again. you listen, when you, uh, 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 look at your watch mm-hmm. and I say, why are you looking at your watch for? And you say, I have text on it. Like well, the first time you told me that I was really honestly confused. I wasn't aware <laughs> that you could have text on your watch. This is actually That's one of the, how tech savvy I am. One of the social problems with having a smartwatch is you will have reasons to look at your watch other than looking at the time. Yeah. And whenever you, whenever you look at your watch, everybody just assumes that you're like, Oh, I got to go soon. Or, or do I, I have to I'm go bored? Soon. But this is the other thing is like, I used to compulsively check my watch even before it was a smart, smart watch, just because I like knowing what time it is. Like yeah. I get some twisted pleasure out of that. It's Maybe of that'll be an ticks. episode. Yeah. Um, and so, and people would always ask, Oh, do you need to go somewhere? And that's when I found out it's actually mm-hmm. rude to look at your watch. Well, there's a lot of things we learn uh, like that, um, and uh, I have probably a lot of ticks that I do that people are annoyed by, and honestly, I don't care. One of those ticks is naming a podcast with uh, with a weird name, and uh, <laughs> I mean, we should address this. And uh, I'll, I'll, can I take this over? So yeah, this, this is not a bondage podcast. Yeah, uh, and and by the way, I looked I looked it up. I typed in lightest form of flogging. It's all on about Google. It's all about the crucifixion, crucifixions, or you know, some weird monk. Right. Uh, that's all I found. So don't worry. The lightest form of flogging will not get you in any bad place if you look for it on Google. So, right. And right. Uh, why? Well, why this is called? assuming this is assuming that your search history is such that Google doesn't think that you would be looking for other things because Google will tell you your search results to you. So if you are actually getting those bad things, don't tell us. Like maybe tell your pastor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing we can do for you. Yeah, we are not. We are not pastors. I think we already said this, but Uh, right. So uh, uh, the lightest form of flogging is our name. Um, That yes, that you heard it. Torturing listeners. That is our name, and the reason why it's called that. um, I don't think I really want to tell anybody because I don't care. (laughs) So neither do you. We're just going to leave it there. And uh, and move on. We want it to be weird. Uh, it is. Uh, you can't forget it. You're going to remember it. And that's really the only marketing power we have. <laughs> our personalities don't matter. Uh, our content probably won't matter. But our name will be remembered. So and the points don't matter. And the points don't matter. So wait, whose line is that? Uh, the, I don't know. Um, so we should probably get into our main topic. You alluded to it earlier. Yeah. I want you to start. And can oh, I, one thing. Okay. One thing before we go on. 
we're not giving our testimonies here. And okay. I, I think that's a Baptist. Is that a Baptist thing? When like, testify? do Presbyterians have glory? <laughs> glory. Do Presbyterians have testimonies? Like when someone tells you, I would like to hear your testimony. Do you just go, I don't know what that means. Or, okay. First or of all, do Presbyterians I, upon becoming convinced of pedo-baptism and Presbyterian <laughs> establishmentarianism, I did not immediately forget my entire background as a Baptist. Like I do okay, remember like what it is like well, to I be dumped. Sure. You know, I want to make sure cuz you know like sometimes I say things to you and you look at me like uh like I have a a, a can of It's because you just say them with a British accent. <laughs> university. I did not go to Bible college. Those are 2 years old. You know, you, th- those degrees only take 2 years, right? Bible colleges, or do they take four? Moody's uh, a Bible college. You can get they as- have four. You okay. can get an associate's in two, or you can get a bachelor's in four. Well, still, I went <laughs> to a university, not a Bible college. Um, so we're not really doing our testimonies here. We're talking about how we became reformed, and the reason why I'm saying this is because a friend of mine told me, whenever somebody asks someone in our church, "What is your testimony?" They usually, ninety percent of the time, just tell them how they became reformed. <laughs> And while that's an interesting story, I love that. it's wonderful. It's, well, I know it's wonderful. I mean, and and honestly, that's kind of more interesting than their actual testimony. Mm-hmm. But and sometimes, and some, I don't look at me like that. And sometimes it's it's probably when they actually converted. You know? Oh, this is another. This will this will be our theology topic. Yeah, of the after show uh, this thing? idea of like of uh, second birth or whatever. Because you you mentioned this mm-hmm. or th- second second birth. What's about eleven season? I don't think I mentioned that. Oh, this was this wasn't today. This was when we were talking about another topic idea. But oh, okay. okay. So you do you want me to go now? No, uh, I want you to not talk because I'm talking. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> these are the rules, Bucko. And and his complaint is, you know, it's great that you became reformed, but at least incorporate that into your story. The hero of your story should be your mediator, John Calvin. <laughs> I said your mediator, meaning Jesus Christ, and uh, you said John Calvin. What a, what a, what a way to, to throw me off my game. But the point I'm trying to make an eloquent point here. I want to get put it on Instagram, and, uh, and you're, you're not listening. But the point is, you know, your, your testimony shouldn't be just how you became reformed. Although that's important, and I want to know. I already told you my testimony. You can be saved before you become reformed. You can, yes. Thank you. Okay. Well, that's really all I wanted to say. Now, with that said, let's talk about how Although you and I became reformed. Your homeboy Spurgeon says that Calvinism is a gospel, so he I don't know how you say that. that. And I do. I, I claim Spurgeon as a home fry. As a home fry, he is my homeboy. Uh, as is Jonathan Edwards, if you'll allow it. Um, but uh, but hey, yeah, our I'll, heroes I'll have flaws. That. Our heroes have flaws. Edwards is about as uh, Baptist as any Puritan gets, and technically, historically, you can't call him a Puritan because he was historically yes, but. You know, he kind of did it anyway. He kind of was one, wasn't he? Not really. No. Like he and Hodge everyone, had. Everyone says that Martin Lloyd Jones was the last Puritan. Is that something you just spit when you hear that? That's hilarious. Okay, it's hilarious. So I basically <laughs> not true. Martin Lloyd Jones was the first new Calvinist. I would argue. Interesting. Yeah, that's a really good perspective. No, he was he was essentially charismatic. I mean, as he was he was right on that line as far as okay, okay. Uh, on a line, and he yeah. was also he was also a lot like Edwards in that he was very much into uh, revival. I mean, he wrote yes. a book called Revival. I think I have it on my bookshelf. Uh, uh, Lloyd Lloyd Jones. Yeah, yeah. I actually do. You can look at it's by, it's, by, it's it's right by a guy there. named Brian Edwards. No, top right. Uh, second okay. yeah, right there. there is a book behind me <laughs> called Revival by Martin Lloyd Jones. I think I, I think I'm wrong on this. This should be a drinking game. Is every time I say that there's a book and Jim says no, and I point to it on my bookshelf, take a drink. 
Uh, wow, there it is. Uh, how to How to Plant a Church by Mark Driscoll, right on your uh, right on your bookshelf. I probably do have. I might have Doctrine on my bookshelf. You know, we're getting excited. We're getting off Very topic already. So we should probably. And this is my fault. I brought it up. So we should probably get back. So, David McCookie, how did you become reformed? Well, it was dark, and they had clubs. Right. I was born at a very young age in a log cabin that I helped my father build. <laughs> oh, and I thought I was the funny one who never was serious at all. Yeah, I'm the frozen chosen and yeah. you're uh, Mark Driscoll. I'm Mark Driscoll. <laughs> um, okay, so this is, it's a very long story. Um, Cliff Notes version. Yeah, Cliff Notes version is I, hmm. I didn't think a lot. I didn't prepare for this. And mm, this yeah, was 10 okay. years ago for me. Yeah. Uh, over 10 years now. I'm almost 29, uh, which is... It's it's actually over 10 for me too. So, so. Around, the, around the time I was 17, um, I started to really... And I would not call this a second birth. I think I was saved. I think I was okay. probably saved, you know, since, since I, around yeah. the time that I was born. That uh, four-year-old uh, event that you told me about when you were four? Yes. I think it's likely that it happened then. I think it's likely that it happened before then because I think I believe the gospel before okay. then. Um, but all of that being said, um, the there was a pharisaicalness. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Can I use that? Yeah. To my religion, to my, to my faith uh, that started to really peel away around the time that I was 17. Uh, I was asked to teach on the gospel of Jonah and it occurred to me... This is post... Calvinism? The Gospel of Jonah? That's not a book. Uh, the Book of Jonah. Is it behind me? This is, is, is pre Calvinism, though. No. Okay. <laughs> the right. Gospel of Jonah is not right. behind Jim Bates. And there it is. Uh, boy, you have the weirdest um, books. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, also, I've never read Revival by Martin Lloyd Jones. I should is it just yours? point that out. It is, is yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I get a lot Want of. Want me to read it for you? I get a lot of very old books for free. Not for free, for like a dollar. Okay. Uh, anyway. Well, that's what Reformed people do. They buy books to put on their shelf and. You know, they're great to have as a reference. I right. reference these books all the time. I don't okay. read them anyway. Uh, so around the time I was 17, I was asked to teach on the book of Jonah and I was just overcome with the idea of God's grace. Uh, like, like how God saved Nineveh despite how wicked they were. And it, it like just started to occur to me. Like I started to, not that the gospel hadn't been preached before, but it, it like, that gospel awakening that Jared Wilson calls it like that kind of what people call like when they were finally actually saved because they were first like, I think I was saved before that, but like that moment that a lot of people talk about, that's what happened when I was 17. And I was just, I realized that there was stuff in the Bible that I hadn't noticed before. Like I had read the Bible, read it over and over again, but but I realized that like I could get something out of reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, and around that time, you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh. I promise I won't. You will laugh. Around that time, I was participating in a video, a Christian video game community surrounding a recruitment tool put out by the U.S. Army. What? Wait a minute. A Christian video game. Okay, I guess I'm going to laugh. I, I wasn't going to laugh at that. Okay, so it's a Christian. I, it's called a clan, a Christian gaming clan. Uh, so the U.S. Army made software for training people like yeah. uh, that's built into like VR headsets and stuff where, where you're supposed to like clear rooms and it's like practice for yeah. various tactical situations. Well, they decided to turn that into a game and it was actually a really decent uh, a Christian game. First thing. person. No, 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 no. Oh, so those aren't related. So the, the game, okay. it, it was a Christian <laughs> gaming community surrounding <laughs> okay. this game. Anyway, it was a high realism first person shooter shooter not like okay. gory or anything but just high realism in terms yeah. of like you can't you can't jump around what a lot what year was or, this 
Oh, I was 17. So this would have been nine, uh, 11 years ago. Pre-Halo. Uh, kind of. This is shooter. around the time of Halo. Okay, so that, it was pretty decent then, probably. Yeah, it was It was based this on, uh, Doom I think, or... Unreal Engine 2. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you, what you know about gaming. But yeah, this was like Call of Duty 1. Uh, GoldenEye was the last game I played. Is that... That oh, that's that's a good last game to have oh, played. Such a good game. Um, so many memories. Keep going. See, that's so, going to be an intro topic at some point. Is uh, right. N sixty four and the. Uh, oh, we could Nintendo make that a whole Switch. episode. I think oh, we should man. just play Nintendo Switch as an episode. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have one. Uh, anyway, so that that kind of drove me to reading, and so I had this the, the this this awakening at the same time as somebody in this gaming crew that i was a part of this gaming clan that i was a part of mm-hmm. was reformed was probably new calvinist kind of reformed and he used to post stuff from spurgeon's morning and evening mm-hmm. uh in the message board that where we would coordinate like okay uh you know how every do you remember message boards uh, this is taking way too long I but oh, no, i do uh, i gotcha this was kind of the general chat area so he would just post stuff from spurgeon and he and i got to talking and i was an adamant arminian uh my sunday school teacher so you were you you were an arminian i was i was a i was a self-conscious card carrying rifle carrying arminian that's important uh and my sunday school teacher was teaching us about calvinism and like why it's bad and, and all of that and uh so I was arguing with people on this message board because that's what Christian message boards do is they argue yeah. about Calvinism and Arminianism. Back then. Uh, so I was arguing with, with people and he just started sending me resources, like sending me links and saying, Hey, look at this. And he was, he was really humble about it and really kind. And like, I don't, I haven't kept up with this guy, but like he really was extremely instrumental in this. Cause I didn't have any other Calvinist friends besides him. Um, so I was this rabid Arminian. He sent me a DVD for free, just just like used Amazon. I didn't even know at the time that you could use Amazon. This was, I guess, in Amazon's early days. But he just sent me a gift mm-hmm. through Amazon. And it was R.C. Sproul and R.C. Sproul Jr. and a bunch of other Ligonier guys talking about Calvinism. I think the DVD was called Amazing Grace. Okay. Um, and I watched that and there was a lot of grace in it which appealed to me as somebody who was like just realizing the i I don't want to say the fullness of the gospel because i don't think in this life you ever realize the fullness of the gospel but i was i was coming to the realization that was bigger than say a prayer get saved yay uh it, it was bigger than that and so that was very appealing to me and and the doctrines of grace were just explained in a way that i couldn't refute them so i started arguing with everybody okay. uh, including my dad including my pastor this is the famed this is the cage stage, stage. and to find that really quick uh it's the stage where you watch a lot of nicholas cage movies would you st- okay i'm doing this i'm trolling you because you troll the pub i i, I got in trouble today <laughs> i i saw this i was put in pub jail did you know oh, that no we Tanner you, put me in pub jail you, how does that work i don't you think can't he, post? i don't think he, i can't post he muted me huh I think I'm still in the pub. I just, I can't oh, say anything. That's interesting. <sighs> Another day. Another day, yeah. But anyways, um, I forgot what it was. A cage stage. Yeah. So, and this isn't exclusive to Christianity, but it's commonly used for Calvinists. But the point is, when you discover yeah, something... get this too. Yeah. When you discover something new, like a new idea, when you become enlightened to something and you get so excited, it's so life-giving to you that you hold to it very, I don't know strongly ham-fistedly i mean you 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 really embrace it and you embrace it to the point where you aggressively evangelize other people in your life no matter what Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you try and uh, you try and convince them of your views because you view them to be the absolute truth and if they don't believe them then they're obviously an error and you will stop at nothing to do it if i I could state this twitterally 
it's where the thing that took you two years to finally accept and a lot of blood, sweat and tears, you expect everybody to convert to yeah. in a single argument. It makes coffee. complete sense to you over. Yeah. Over, yeah. It was something that took two years. That you didn't buy <laughs> and you can do it in one Starbucks meeting. Like, come on. That come is on. cage stage. Yes. Yes. Uh, so it or, hit you pretty hard. forum post or one. Yeah. So it did. Um, and I was, I mean, I was just an arrogant jerk. I, yeah. I still am. Uh, but, so but I definitely last. Uh, a couple of years at least like in it's in it's like really like yeah. um well we, we call it we, it's nice to call it a cage stage like it was sin it was me being sinful so it didn't last yeah. how long was i doing the sinful things in the strongest form probably two years i probably still do it to some degree yeah. um but you went through a renaissance we'll talk about it later yeah and it was it was hard because it was you know i was doing teaching at the time uh at my church and it really it put a wedge between my pastor and me yeah. and it made things very difficult for me moving forward because mm-hmm. if i had just become a calvinist and not said anything about it and it just kind of leaked into my teaching and i kind of avoided romans 8 or romans 9 or ephesians 2 in general yeah, in so terms you, of places yeah. to teach like if that had if that had been how it had gone Honestly, I might have even been able to teach on this passage and nobody would have noticed. Like the yeah, yeah. the 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 bad thing was that I used the word Calvinist. And yeah. the, like okay, so I grew up in this dispensational Baptist Arminian church and it would be really easy for me to badmouth them. They were really 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 dedicated to the authority and uh yeah. the, the authority and and um inerrancy. importance okay. and inerrancy of scripture and so if you were if you were teaching on a passage and you said something that sounded Calvinist, he just happened to a preacher who's a Calvinist at, at, at that church that I grew up in. This happens to him all the time where he'll just say something that the passage says that's Calvinisty, and nobody bats an eye because they're just like, oh, well, that's what the passage says. And they're not they're not forming systematic theologies in their head, so it doesn't matter. Uh, so I want to praise them for that because they care what the Bible says, uh, even though they may have been misled into thinking that okay. Calvinism as a system is bad. Okay, so uh, so... Your let's say the your cage stage starts to end. What happens then? Where where do you go from there? Yeah, I mean, I just started uh, rolling what you would call probably downhill toward reformed theology, toward confessionalism. I had a friend uh, in college, so all of this led to like this 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 has been a process of me realizing that I don't know what I'm talking about over and over and over again. Uh, so I didn't, I, when I, when I became a Calvinist, I realized I don't know what I'm talking about. Now I'm reading the Bible and I'm seeing stuff in it. Every time I read it that I never saw before, how can I be teaching if this is happening? So I went to Bible college thinking that's where, you know, you go to college if you want to learn how so to do something you or were, be something. You were not confessional at the time. No, you were not the the wonderful Presbyterian that I know you're no, so literally now. Like, you were just a, a new Calvinist. I was I was literally Matt Chandler. And what I mean by that I was okay, yeah. I was tall, yeah. I was lanky, I listened to so many of his sermons, I sounded like him and Survived I did brain hand cancer. gestures like him. Oh, like no people, one does. people who knew who Matt Chandler was mocked me for how I taught because I sounded so much like Matt Chandler. You're not David <laughs> Okay, anyways. Hey, how are we? Yeah. Are you tracking? <laughs> Open your Bibles to the book of Colossians. Okay. <laughs> okay. If you do not have a Bible, there is a Bible in the pew in front of you. That you is... can use that. You can take that home. That is our gift to you. David, that is awesome. <laughs> that is really good. Yeah. So <laughs> I was very like when people, whenever was people deny, <laughs> when people deny that I was ever a new Calvin, oh, you've always been a Presbyterian. Actually, I guess that's how Presbyterians talk. Oh, you've always been a Presbyterian. Um, when people do that, <laughs> I, I imitate. Matt Chandler. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, yeah, boy. See, this is what Calvinists do. They impersonate their celebrity pastor heroes and laugh about it, and no one cares. That's what we just did. <laughs> no one I got excited that you impersonated Matt Chandler very well, and the four people listening are like, wow, this is a great podcast. So, <laughs> so you were you were a new Calvinist. You were young, restless, and reformed for a number of years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, While I was at Bible College. Ate up John Piper, and you went to Bible College. Dispensational. That was not Calvinist. No, they were mostly Calvinists. There were probably some profs who weren't. Some profs who were. Their thing's dispensationalism, right? Is that their thing? Yeah, yeah. Dispensational. I mean, they have a like. They're very dispensational. They have a whole like program built around Israel, Mm -hmm. like understanding like half of it is Jewish studies. I was in that program. Yeah, Uh, that's what. Actually, my Sunday school teacher talking about Arminianism convinced me to become a Calvinist, and my professors talking about dispensationalism convinced me to not be dispensational. You trying to make me Presbyterian made me worse. Yeah. It made me worse of a Baptist. Yeah. That really backfired on you. <laughs> Moving on. You didn't even you didn't even lift the kids out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Moving <laughs> immersion, and just so it takes, keep them under there. No, keep just going. keep them. Uh, so yeah, I had a friend who was slowly becoming confessional reform because of the influence of one of his professors, and he kind of dragged me along, kicking and screaming in a very gracious way. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, he, he once says to me, he goes, David, you need to, you need to read the, uh, the three forms of unity, which is the, uh, Belgic confession, the yeah. canons of Dort and the, I'm saying this for our listeners, which at the time you, you just had no idea what those were. Yeah. And the, and the Heidelberg catechism, I had some vague idea that they existed. He's like, you yeah. need to read these and affirm them. And I was like, have you read them? And he's like, I'm almost done. <laughs> and I was okay. like, all right. He was exactly. cage staging yeah, on he, you. He was, but he was a lot more gracious about it. Okay. Um, than, than I have been probably even with you. <laughs> um so anyway he's he's been uh he he was really helpful uh his name is zach i feel like oh him yeah yeah he and i were gonna start a podcast at some point well yeah he's he's in seminary now um i made a snarky comment to him on facebook once and it was probably the best one i've ever made it was fantastic (laughs) i felt so proud of myself he probably didn't care he probably just read it went oh okay Let's talk more about the comments that we leave on each other's Facebook walls for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, okay, so so I became so then so then it went it went uh, no I'm gonna I'm gonna really summarize here I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish so it went Calvinism it went postmillennialism it went confessionalism it went federal vision and then it went you did confessionalism that. again you did that for a I short, did I, I went I went you were you went semi like Doug Wilson style federal yeah. vision for a few months yeah I remember you going to like a conference once. You and uh, you and your wife went there. Yeah, I mean, to Down be to fair, Moscow. the pastors have been to the same conferences. Uh, yeah. They were actually. No, like no, that's not what one, I mean. What I'm saying is, I I, I pastors, heard that I mean, and I thought, oh, I guess Dave, I guess David likes Doug Wilson. At the time, I didn't really care. I'd, and I do like he's he's one of the best writers in evangelical. Of course, he today, is. He, but yeah. he's really foggy on justification, and you should yes, be really careful. If if I were to recommend a book from him, it wouldn't be a theological book. It would be okay. Wordsmithy, which is really good on writing. That's a really helpful. Just book. a lot of his blog posts. You know, yeah. the witty ones. Yeah, he's really good on culture. Good. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he, he's on, and he's yeah. also not ordained, uh, which yeah. is a problem. And the paedo so, communion thing is probably not that fun for you. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I have more sympathy for paedo communion. It is, it is something that runs throughout the Presbyterian. It, it's kind of like a, 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 a gnat that won't go away throughout Presbyterian yeah. history, much it, like me. It's not as big a deal as as uh, like real federal vision theology, right. where you. Uh, essentially say that we're saved by faith and works, yeah. uh, which is problematic because we're not. That's Catholicism. We're well, Protestants. Now that we got that settled. Um, so you read the three forms of unity. And was that, when you were finished, was that the real catalyst, would you say? 
No, because I, mean, I heard a story about you. Really? That you went to a book club that will go unnamed. You read a certain book by Martin jo- Martin Jones. Martin Lloyd Jones um, by Mark Jones and Joel Beakey. Is it Beak or Beak? Who told you this story? Beak, Beakery? Joe Beakery. Joe Beakey. Joe, Beakey. <laughs> Joe Bakery uh, called, uh, what was, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The yeah, big Puritan, uh-huh. a Puritan theology. A Puritan theology, yeah. And then you read that and then bam, you hit it. No, I mean, I liked that book because it, just assisted it was, you on it the was already where I was going. Okay. It, it was skating to where I the thought it was, was that. Yeah. I thought you read that book and then it just, you, you no, were No, but I'm interested to know forever. who told you this story after the, if, if this is a, if this is actually a story that was told to you after, after, you know, this, this is offline. Yeah. Uh, but I'm interested in that. Jim and I, by the way, we go to the same church. Uh, I didn't know if you wanted to say that or not. Well, I figure it's going to come up. Like every time I say yeah. the pastors, like our listeners are going to be like, like the pastors yeah, of the out. global church. What we can let them figure it out. Uh, so I just thought I would mention that. Anyway. Okay. Um, so three forms of unity. No, I mean, that wasn't really, I mean, it was the three forms of unity. It was the Start Western standards. Own. It was reading Grudem's systematic theology. Like it was, it was yeah. all of these things like, like, like all coming together. Uh, and I think most recently, like the thing that has really calmed me down about um, teaching or or like being really vocal about theology yeah. is the Grudem thing. What, uh, what so the so the the EFS thing, the eternal functional subordination. We're not going to get into that. No, we'll but do that later. Briefly, uh, the uh, Wayne Grudem and Bruce Ware, and honestly, most of evangelicalism today uh, have said That's that bold. the father sub- that the son submits to the father eternally, and that that is as a part of his nature. As as. <sighs> Some would say his nature. Some would say as a granted, part of granted, his but that's the logical. That's that's the end. Well, and I agree, but obviously, like Grudem would not want I to understand. say. Yeah, you know, right. he'd want to say that God has one nature, and uh, Ware wouldn't say that either. But nevertheless, where they're different animals. Isn't this fun? Um, we it, just want to talk about everything, but we can't. Well, and that's what I think that like the fact that we're interested in what each other has to say, I think is part of what makes good podcasting. Step one. Step number two is making entertaining. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if we get there. other people interested. <laughs> um, but no, like what I realized was that I had just finished reading uh, Francis Turretin, uh Not not the whole, but I had re- re- no recently feet. read his section on the Trinity yeah. before this whole thing started. Like I was trying to read through his Institutes yeah. of Elenctic Theology and you know that like it's going to be a rough ride when you have to look up one of the words in the title which i did um what does that mean by the way elenctic means uh polemic or uh (laughs) i got it that makes sense also not a common word so i feel bad for using what's the word polemic uh argumentative uh like it's it's all stated as as debates uh i know you get me i i understand that there's a dynamic here of like a a third party listener that that doesn't know what polemic or elenctic mean you need to help me with that because i don't care about them <laughs> not that I don't care about them. I just I, I I'm not smart enough to think that way. So, anyways, keep going. Well, yeah, it's not something that I realized until I had been podcasting for a while with your nine other podcasts. My- <laughs> You're so experienced. I'm really not. Um. Anyway, uh, so I had just read Turden on this, and when the whole thing came out, I I was like, well, what's wrong with what Grudem's saying? Like, I don't understand. And I realized that there's this whole idea of like the father. Uh, begetting the son, the son being begotten of the father and the Holy spirit proceeding from the father and the son. And that that is what we, we as like Orthodox Christians believe separates the, the, uh, the, the persons of the of the Trinity. And this, this idea was something that I had never thought about. Like I always thought that the way that you define the Trinity was the father sends the son, 
the, you know, the son, the son dies and, 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 and accomplishes the work of redemption and the, the spirit applies the work of redemption. And I read, you know, uh, redemption accomplished and applied by, uh, John Murray, um, a while back, but I had never thought about, uh, what theologians call the ontological Trinity or the, the Trinity ad intra. And I literally, literally never thought about it. And it's in the Nicene Creed, which like every Christian is supposed to affirm. And, and I, I realize I probably sound really stuck up right now and everything, but like, it has until the last two hundred years. Episode. Every Christian basically self-consciously affirmed the Nicene Creed, whether you were whether you were a Presbyterian or a Baptist, or like whether you were in Rhode Island or that's that's a joke about Baptists. Wherever you were, whoever you were, you would have said, Pretty "Yes, funny. I affirm the Nicene Creed." Um, and 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 like here, Grudem is just like saying, saying basically. No, I don't affirm part of the Nicene Creed. I don't affirm that. And and I didn't even know that that's what was happening. And I realized at that point that I really like evangelicalism as a culture has done me a great disservice. And, and I've also not been as diligent as I should be in my studies. And I don't know what I'm talking about. So that's why I don't, that's why this is not a theology podcast. That's, that's a big part of that. And it's also what's I, like if you were saying what's what's led you to be reformed, like I would want to say that I'm confessional reformed, but I also have to acknowledge that there are probably issues within the Westminster standards that I've never thought about. And I, mm-hmm. I may pretty vehemently disagree with uh, and not even realize that I'm disagreeing with the Westminster standards. I'd like to think that I've shaken most of that out, if not all of it, uh, but I don't know. <laughs> well, until, until just recently, I didn't realize I didn't affirm the Nicene Creed. So here we are. <laughs> well, I'm glad you finally got uh, that through. Uh Jim smoothed out. So we have four minutes left. I'm uh, so wanna, sorry. You want to do me? Yeah, yeah. You should. You should go. Uh, you kept so, asking questions, so I'm going to ask well, you questions. We're going to go for. Is that we're supposed to do? It's going to be a long first episode. Well, I, I, there might be some parts we can edit out. You know, most of me. No. Um, <laughs> so uh, where do I begin? Uh, let me give you a quick, quick background. I grew up Lutheran in back home in Wisconsin. You are either Lutheran or Catholic, because all the the German um, settlers moved to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And they were all Lutheran, and my ancestry is German Austrian. So yeah, it's uh, so yeah, and we and we can do an episode on uh, Wisconsin accents soon because I'm an expert in them. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> you betcha, you know. So maybe I do this whole thing in a Wisconsin accent, and uh, we'll just see how many listeners turn it off. You know, um, <laughs> I don't understand why your the voice you're entirely getting... <laughs> shifted into your sinuses. It's like it's like I, I became demonic. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to get a priest over here. But um, uh, but anyway, so I grew up Lutheran, was not Christian though, was not regenerate, and um, um, I enjoyed. So part- you were baptized as an infant. I was baptized in a Lutheran church in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, at our Redeemer Lutheran Church. Baptized as a baby, I remember even what the uh, the 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 Baptist. I don't know what you call it in the Lutheran church. The font. The baptismal is what Baptists call it, but the font, the font of blessing. I don't know what the, if it's called. That. I remember, I remember when, remember what it looks like. Not because I remember what it looks like while I was being baptized. I was an infant. Uh, obviously not. <laughs> I really Boy, thought that's awkward. where you were going. And I was going to ask you what it was like being born. <laughs> yeah. What was it like being born, Jim? Tell us. Um, but, uh, it was uh dark. and Warm. I was confirmed in the Lutheran church. Moist. I prayed the prayer. It was an evangelical Lutheran denomination. Okay. It was called Missouri Synod. It's one of the, uh, evangelical denominations that they have. They have like four and Missouri Synod is the most evangelical one. So there were things like youth group retreats and, and certain sinner sinners prayers that they had us pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did one in sixth grade and thought I was saved. Um, as they say, it didn't take, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but the point is um, I was, became mostly agnostic in my teenage years. And um, 
became regenerate when I was 20 years old. And, and, uh, cuantos años tiene ahora? What? Tienes. How many, tienes. how many years do you have? Thank you for speaking. <laughs> how many years do I have? What are you talking about? How, how old are you? Oh, I'm uh, 30. How old am I? I'm 36. You don't have to say that if you don't want to, but you already did. So yeah. we'll move on. I think I'm 36. You're, you're 36 ish. I honestly forgot how old I, I don't, I don't think I'm 37. I think I'm 36. I don't like birthdays. I don't do birthdays. And as a consequence, I don't know how oh, no. old I, I just, am. I just asked Siri. And I was saved in a Pentecostal context. I went to a Pentecostal church uh, in the Assemblies of God denomination. Glory. And, uh, you know, there were they tongues to be saved or not? Because I think that's that's a tongues to be saved. What, is, what does that mean? Like you need to speak in tongues. Oh, to baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, they were full on. You had to uh, you, you had to speak in tongues to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And none of them would really say it. But if you were not baptized in the Holy Spirit, highly doubtful that you were saved. OK, that's what they would say. They wouldn't say that. Did you speak in tongues? I never spoke in tongues okay. in that when I was in that church in that time. Um, it's never happened. Last night is another issue, but okay. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll demonstrate for you now. No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't freak you out like that. Uh, I, I don't. I don't do that. Uh, but anyways, um, and in that context, uh, everyone was Armenian, and thus I was an Armenian. Mm-hmm. I wasn't card carrying like you were, though. I never got into a fight with a Calvinist. I don't even know any. Oh, I did. I bet you did. I I still have a note stock. I bet you did. Um, and Not I just I stayed in that context until I went to school at uh, at a certain uh, university university uh, in Tennessee called Union University. <laughs> you know, Canada does the same thing, right? <laughs> what they call it university. Oh, they call it. Well, there's a difference. There's colleges and there's universities. They're not the same thing, right? Well, but I, in Canada, you don't go to college. You go to university. You go to university. And in England, you definitely you like, definitely you, you go, go to university. To, yeah. yeah. Um, and and Southern Baptists, at least for a time, when they started out, they were Calvinists. That went away mm-hmm. somewhere in the 19th century. <laughs> Despite what the traditionalists say, yes. The, yeah, well, <laughs> they they claim a lot. Um, but uh, they became <laughs> Do they mostly, name what they claim? <laughs> they, they became mostly uh, Armenian in, uh, soteriologically uh, for a long time. And then, uh, and then uh, His Highness Albert Moeller came along and uh, reformed... Uh, the Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and started this Reformed resurgence in the Southern Baptist Convention. And so, by the time I went to school, I would say half of the professors were Calvinists, and the other half were Arminian. And they were basically fighting for market share. Mm-hmm. And I came in an Arminian, not really caring much about the Civil War that I perceived at the time. I knew it was a Civil War. Mm-hmm between the two the two camps. I just never participated mm-hmm. because it just wasn't really a priority of mine. See, this is this is an interesting we're we're going to yeah. get into this in another episode, but like you seem to there's you have a rebellious streak to you. I don't think I do. Like when you when you see everybody doing something, you kind of want to just not care about it. Well, that's true. It's more like a teenage rebellion than it is like a like a like a civil war rebellion, like like this is much more of a oh, everybody cares about that thing, I'm not going to care about that thing. Instead of is it oh, rebellion, everybody though? thinks this, I'm going to passionately think the opposite. It's it's like rebellious well, if that's uh, true then uh apathy. Well, if that's true, then am I a Calvinist because I'm rebelling against somebody? No, no, no. The, or am like, I genuinely? We'll get into how you're a Calvinist. You'll get into how you're a Calvinist. I'm just saying, like, you okay. seeing that going on around you and deciding, I'm not going to care about this. Like, Maybe. Maybe you're right. That's a part of you. Yeah. And we're going to okay. get into that in another episode. <laughs> David's going to tell me. Uh, Dr. Phil's going to come in as a guest, and we're going to unpack <laughs> the, the weirdness that is Jim. Uh, but anyways, um, I, uh, I stumbled upon a certain book 
by a certain author named R.C. Sproul. And the book title was... I swear, that guy, that guy is behind so many he's, conversions. He is, he is a rabble rouser. He rouses rabbles. And uh, um, he wrote uh, the book Chosen by God. Okay. Essentially, it's a book about predestination. Is essentially what it is. It's, it's a defense of predestination and the connected issues to it, like free will, election. Um, I th- am I right? I mean... I have not. I, I don't know that I've read, read that? a book by Sproul. I looked at the table of contents the other have. day, and that's why I'm saying it, it just looked to me like a book about a defense of predestination right. in, in election. And I read that book word for word. That's how you read books. Um, well, sometimes I skim, but what my okay. point is <laughs> every single word became meaningful to me. Mm. Verbal plenary meaningfulness. It just, it just, uh, every. Uh, I just, I drank it in mm-hmm. and my perspective changed within three days. The mm-hmm. time it took me to read that book. It wasn't even for a class. I just, in that context, obviously you hear about all these names. You hear about R.C. Sproul. My professor called him R.C. Sproul. <laughs> because it was like a verbal tick that he had? Well, because he's covenanty, and this was a dispensational church, a school and he just wanted to mock him. Well... Mr. Sproul, Dr. Sproul, I should Sproul, say. Yeah. Dr. Sproul uh, had a profound impact on me. And I credit that book to opening me up to the doctrines of grace. And I considered myself reformed. Here's where my story differs from yours. It already has, but I did not go through any type of cage stage whatsoever. Hmm. At the time, I didn't know there was a cage stage. See, but what do you think this was now related looking to everybody back, around you caring about it? Interesting point. And, and you just deciding I'm going to be apathetic rebelliously. I don't think it was. Re- I don't know. I mean, I'm open <laughs> to the, I'm open to the, the fact that it might it's be actually, rebellion. This, this thing of not caring about what everybody cares about. That's, that is like Mark one of a hipster. Are you being, are you, is that a serious observation you have of me? Yes. So you've thought about this. This isn't just some thing that you just brought up because we're no, on like, a podcast. Like, like if we talk about your you behavior in the pub, about this. like you intentionally come in well, on that- serious <laughs> topics and, and like rate, rate the topic. <laughs> like, uh, this post is like seven out of 10. Well, I, I'm doing it to be provocative and to, sure. to have fun and be, I'm not doing it to rebel. Maybe I am. I don't think of it as rebellion. I know that doesn't mean it's not rebellion, but the point is, um, uh, I guess, I guess that could be, but see, when you say that, I think that this story that I'm giving you, when I kind of go from A to B, mm-hmm. the reason I went from A to B is simply because of a personality thing that I'm I'm rebellious. I don't yeah. think it's that. No, I, think I don't was think real. so either. And so it was real to me. I read a book by R.C. Sproul, and then I now believe something different. But the fact that I did not experience a cage stage might might you might have a point there mm-hmm. because because everyone else was fighting about it. I knew exactly who the Arminians were in class and who the Calvinists were, and they fought. Right. They fought incessantly. Mm-hmm. And it was unattractive to me. One, because I was just getting my feet wet theologically. I hope that's unattractive to anyone. Obviously, oh, yeah. it wasn't um, unattractive to the well, people I mean, involved. I mean, if, uh, you know, if, if you want to fight, you know, you can get one. If you want to fight, this. meet me outside in 20 minutes. If I'm not there, start without me. <laughs> 
yeah um uh, but you're tall you know i could the, I, I might be able to get a crack at you because uh, you know it's not like you're short and when you're short you can kind of get some good leverage and like kind of do uppercuts i think this needs like to be that. a youtube channel this needs to be Jim edited David fight this needs to be edited what it needs to be but anyways um <laughs> i avoided the civil war is what i called it at the time mm-hmm. it just looked like a civil war to me and i did not want to have anything to do with it i wanted to develop my own i hate to use the word journey you didn't want to stop believing. I didn't want to stop believing. Um, and, and I avoided it. I avoided all of it. And I, to this day, I have not really engaged in that civil war because I have never seen a combatant in that battle change their mind about anything. People change their minds in different ways and they don't change it. Not necessarily. They don't really change it in that civil war. This is, it can probably contribute. Like right. uh, if someone accuses you of being a semi Pelagian, you're going to look into it, you know, maybe, I mean, unless you just don't care. And I, 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 I watched but a this fight is, this- where someone accused someone of being a semi Pelagian. And, um, you know, it, it was a pretty serious accusation. And the person was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and so he probably looked it up. Right. And who knows, maybe in time he came to see that he was maybe, um, exhibiting some, uh, characteristics of a semi-Pelagian. Th- this you know is, what I mean? Yeah, this is I didn't want to do it. This is what's so interesting to me is like, when I think about myself and becoming a Calvinist, like part of, so a, a, a really brief story. One time I bought speakers, like not desktop PC speakers, but like stereo speakers that you would hook up to a receiver or an amp or whatever. Mm-hmm. I bought these and I realized that I had no idea how to wire speakers, which yeah. it's not actually all that hard, but I about freaked out. And I was really frustrated because I had a fairly limited amount of time to do it. And I just realized that I'd spent all this money on this system that I had no idea how to set up. And I was really like, I wasn't like, like coming short of breath or anything, but I was just like really upset by this. And then I did the research and I calmed down because I was like, Oh, this is really easy. So that, that concept for me of like, if I'm going to do something, I want to know everything about it. Like that very much I recognize has been a driving force for me becoming who I am. And like for you, I imagine that your apathy, uh, whether it was inspired by everybody else's passion or whether it was just a general apathy or whatever, that probably made the transition from Arminian to Calvinist easier for yeah, you. I believe and that. we all affirm that God uses means like ultimately if I've come into truth or if you've come into truth, which obviously we both think we have, otherwise we change our minds. Um, if we've come into truth that, that, you know, God has done that and he has used means. So I like to think that a lot of this show is going to be us exploring the means that God used in terms of who we are yeah. so that maybe we can understand, uh, the errors that we're prone to and people mm-hmm. who identify with me will go, Oh, I'm being a David or you know, people who I, that sort of thing. Opportunities will present themselves. Stop being a gym. Cause you and I are so different. Um, but, uh, we do have some things that are similar, but yeah, you bring up good points. Something, some things I have to think about. Uh, but I've worried that my lack of a Kate stage might be evidence of um, not. My, you're actually an Armenian. <laughs> yeah, like maybe I'm still an Armenian, or, or I'm not. Uh, well, did you walk the aisle I of Calvinism? I haven't earned my stripes or something, or right. you know, I don't have enough battle scars. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, but I think I am. But uh, but so so there was that, mm-hmm. and and yes, like any good new Calvinist or young restless and reformed. I did read a book by John Piper. It was called Desiring God. I read I, a third of that book and decided it was repetitive. I, 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 thought, I thought it was stupid. <laughs> I hated that book. And everyone did everybody around it. you love Yeah, there it yeah, is. There it is. You did. hated it. Everybody around. Because mm. I started, you know, talking to my new, my new fellow Calvinists and asked them, you know, so so what kind of books do you like reading? They said, oh, you got to read John Piper. It's really good. You know, you got to read Desiring God. It's going to change your life, you know. <laughs> and 
I read it. And I'm were like, they this is the a surfboard when they said this. <laughs> you know, man, you got to read John Piper. You know, it's like you, you read it and, and you like you're like a hedonist. You know, yeah. And I just I I read it and I thought, well, this is one. It's way too long. <laughs> All of his books are way too long. Some of them are not. Like, don't waste your life. I imagine it's a you good mean, book. You mean not way too long to be a book, but just like. They what, he been was, a lot what he was trying to say could have been said oh, in 150 absolutely. pages. This is how I feel about every book published yeah. by Crossway. Yeah. So I was <sighs> so so I started my my Calvinism journey and most without without the Pope. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So not everyone is a and I don't, and, and, but I will say this: when I discovered John Piper the preacher is where I found my appreciation of him mm-hmm. of his ministry. Um, I think he's a much better preacher than a writer. I think I found the same thing. So I didn't. No. I didn't. I, I, I tried to read some of his books, and I I mostly listened to sermons. Yeah, I, I like I listening to, to a lot of his sermons. I, I like listening to him preach better than um, well reading his writing. Um, so fast forward a couple years and I come to Spokane, Washington. Do I want to say that? Did I just do a bad thing? That doesn't matter. I mean, okay. like you have to decide what you want I feel people bad to know for about you. you. I feel bad for you. Oh man. <clears throat> um, but uh, we're both in Spokane, Washington. Jim's address is blah, 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 blah. And here's his social security number and his blood type <laughs> and his innermost secrets and thoughts. Um, only Facebook knows that. Um, yeah, we're really just getting... The only yeah. thing this podcast is about is the latter. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Um, and I um, have mostly retained much of the theological framework that grew out of that period in, in college. Mm-hmm. Or in university. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing much has changed. I think they were Except like I've, I've kind of gotten worse. I've, I've got, I, I've, I've, I hold things more strongly. Um I'm flirting with new covenant theology, kind of like, you know, Piper is, um, but I'm, I'm, but I have some reservations since learning a little bit more about it. Cause I was one for, I, I, I read a book about new covenant theology in, in school. I'm like, Oh, and this is what I am. I'm just kind of moved on. And I reread that book and thought, huh, some weird stuff in here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to hold these intention for a while until I think of something better. Uh, met you started getting into some confessional stuff and and not quite where you are, obviously. That's a yeah. That's a way of saying it. Not not quite where you are. Um, and it uh, you know strengthened some existing views that I have because of it. I will I will say this though. I will say, I, I can say that I'm not a covenant theologian. However, I have a much much deeper appreciation for the doctrine of pedo baptism now. Hmm. Before it was it was it was it was just a Catholic gas, ghastly doctrine yeah. that I couldn't understand why anyone would believe it, and now I understand <clears throat> why some do. So I have a great appreciation for it, though I won't be baptizing my babies anytime soon. So um, anytime soon, folks, you heard it. Yeah, and you heard it here this year. I mean yeah. this this day next year on this day. So that's kind of how it's happened for me. So I'm still kind of you know a new Calvinist in a way. Mm-hmm. I'm a little. I mean I'm a little older now. A little bit more mature. I'm open to a lot more things than I used to be. Older, restless, reformed. I'm older, restless, and reformed. Because a lot of those guys, or, um, a lot of those guys, or, kept evolving and and took the path that you took. Do you think that not all of them, some of them, a lot of them taking that path? And it's kind of it's kind of the hip thing to do on the pub, or at least it's a hip thing to do on the pub. Do you think that gives you any kind of animosity toward taking that route? Animosity towards. I didn't, I didn't follow. Like, uh, since, since, since on the reform pub, which is a Facebook group that both Jim and I are part of, if you've never heard of the reform podcast, it's kind of what set off this whole, you'll figure it out eventually this whole like podcast, like everybody, everybody does a podcast about reform theology. Um, anyway, it's kind of the hip thing to do among that community of like 20,000 people, like become confessional. 
Yeah. Do you Keep think going. that that the fact that it's the hip thing to do We're gives you thing. some animosity toward it? No, okay. I don't think that applies. Okay. There. And I, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't think that like, this is a new I don't concept think for that me. people. Like it would be easy for you to say, Oh, you're just sound like Dr. Phil. Like everybody's just driven by their, by the, you know, ego and super. Yeah. Hey, so ego and super ego walk into a bar. The bartender says, I'm going to need to see some ID. Uh, I will not tell jokes in the future. Oh, um, the jokes won't get any funnier than that. I promise you. <laughs> that, that is our peak. We peaked that's, in that's, our first episode. First episode. It's only going to go downhill. No, I, I like, I, I don't, what you're saying. I don't, I don't think that that would be anyone's sole reason for it, but I'm just asking if you, you think know, if, it could play any part, if I can just be as simple as I can and as boring as I can, I've examined some of the doctrines and I don't affirm them. It's really just as simple as it gets. Hmm. hmm. Because, and I go from the, I, I see covenant theology as the skeleton and, you know, like, uh, for example, if you are a covenant theologian, I think you're obligated to be a pedo-baptist. Because oh, so many, so many 1689ers just, they would disagree, but I honestly don't care. Um, but, uh, but it's just my conviction that if you hold that doctrinal framework, you kind of need to go in that direction. Obviously, um, that's my conviction too. But yeah, yeah, um, and and it's just I, I I looked at the skeleton, and it's not my skeleton, and I have a different skeleton, and that's really as simple as it as it is. I mean, that, that's really it. Um, your your framework, whether it be New Covenant theology, Covenant theology, dispensationalism, I don't know how many else there are, that kind of decides where you go. It, it points you into a direction, and that's the direction you go. Mm-hmm. And I'm not in the direction of confessionalism. Now, um, if I have a set of beliefs, and if they were written down, and I found other people that agreed with them, would I be confessional? I mean, I don't know how it works. And this is admittedly probably a topic we should save for a next uh, for another time. But yeah, definitely. Because there's, <laughs> I, I mean, there are statements of, of faith, like the sovereign grace. Uh, churches have a statement of faith. I think I affirm all of that, but that doesn't mean I'm Do you confessional, affirm does that it? All of the gifts available to the church in Acts are available to Christians today yes. and yes. vital for ongoing church ministry? You, you ready for my answer? Yeah. Yes. Wow. This has changed since last time we talked. Well, last time we talked, I wasn't really listening to you. So, <laughs> so don't... We were texting. <laughs> oh, texting? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, I mean, well, you know, our church has... Uh, we're going through... Uh, First Corinthians twelve through fourteen, right? Mm-hmm. We've never talked about stuff like that at GCF as long as I've been there. We've mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. talked about it from the pulpit, and so you know, uh, let's just say some cobwebs developed in that mm-hmm. area, and mm-hmm. I took some things for granted and got complacent. And now that we're talking about it, I read about five hundred books on the subject, and I'm I a lot more precise than me. Oh, <laughs> it was only three hundred two. <laughs> I'm not that smart. <laughs> Although one would think that I am because I went to a university. Um, but I, I read a bunch of books and sharpened some things. I'm just going to bleep every time. So I'm a lot more clear. From I'm a lot more clear on that stuff. Okay. Well, I, um, I would say, but, but I, would, to, I would say you're a lot more foggy, but sure. <laughs> well, obviously. Uh, but, uh, but you know, uh, I don't know if I can be confessional, you know, I don't know. I'd like to be, well, the only way to be confessional, confessional is, is to affirm a confession. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I'd be happy to do that, but I don't think anyone's written anything that I align myself with. I mean, I'm a little bit, of, I'm of a weird, I'm a weird guy. I'm reformed ish. I don't know. Small R reformed. I'm not historically reformed, mm-hmm. but I'm also charismatic and, uh, I'm all millennial. I'm not, I think a lot of those guys are all millennial, but some are post and some are pre and, uh, some you know, I like Presbyterian polity. I think it's the best. 
Yeah, we just tried to high five, but realized how far apart we were <laughs> physically. Uh, you it know, wasn't a metaphor. So, so I'm like just this. I have this strange collection of of beliefs, and they don't fit in a nice package. I know, but no one has written a confession that's really. So uh, what you're saying is you are right, but there has never been a large body of Christians who has recognized your rightness. Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll leave that be. Here we go. <laughs> no, they just never bothered to write it down. Ah, uh, that's okay. all. Right. Because confessionalism is not a, a value in the American church today. That's true. So, I mean, if it That's was, uh, I could say, you know, maybe, but it was part of something. And, you know, I mean, I have, I have some historical figures that agree with what I believe. Who? Paul. Oh. And uh, so, we should just you end walked there. right we into that. We should just end there. I didn't, I, I didn't I think cannot. you were going to do that. I, I really even, thought you were going to like, because, you know, Ryrie cites like Augustine and Calvin as dispensationalists. I was like, what What am I in for here? Well, he does. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, he basically says that if you believe in the distinction between the Old and New Testament, you're kind of a dispensationalist. Oh, easy. Yeah. Well, I get, well he is right out after all. I mean, <laughs> him and John MacArthur. It's like, it doesn't matter how many dispensations you believe well, in. Well, this, uh, this first show has been a good one. Yeah, um, I, think, I think I like I th- this. I think we, there's... There's a lot of stuff you need to edit out, man. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I was I was nervous though. I thought this was going to be rough, but yeah, uh, I think we did. There were some rough patches, but I maybe we'll get better. Maybe everybody gets better, and you know what? People yeah. like watching people on the journey to getting better. Nobody, mm-hmm. not nobody, but like it's harder to listen to something where it's perfect right out of the gate because, it, especially if you're somebody who does the thing, it makes yeah. you feel like, oh, well, I'll never be any good at anything. Well, a certain guy on a certain <laughs> podcast that started off as a Baptist is like a full blown covenanter now. So, yeah. Sometimes people get better and change, don't they? Who knows what I'm going to be in two years? <laughs> You're just, you, I, you I have no, no idea what to say. Just, you have no idea what to say. Well, how about I'm let's end the show? All right. All right. Well, see you all later. Bye. Bye.